mutation, which is the key to our evolution, which has enabled us to evolve from singles. Because <laughs> he's a mutant. Get, get it? He's, he's like Professor X's son. Because he's a mutant, maybe. We don't know. What's up, everybody? It's Bo here with another Picard TV talk. That's right. Uh, actually, not just one. This is a two for one. Well, mostly because, of course, I was sick last week, so there's that. But the other thing, too, is honestly, between these two episodes, they're both kind of like one episode that's been stretched into two episodes and kind of for that reason maybe feels mildly, if not entirely unsatisfying. Don't get me wrong. We got the conclusion to this kind of snidely whiplash of space villain that they've been going up against. But the big kind of arc of these two episodes is the reveal of what's going on with Jack Crusher. We see that he has this kind of telekinetic power that he can kind of hear people's thoughts. He can project his mind and take over their bodies. He's Professor Xavier's son, except, you know, <laughs> Did that, was, that, was that on purpose? That feels like on purpose. Look, I don't think he's a mutant. And I think we've been given enough in this episode, a lot of clues, context clues for what's going on. And I'll speculate about that in just a moment. But I think it has to be acknowledged that in both of these episodes, especially like the in, in Dominion, they really set up the concept that we are about to find out what's going on with Jack Crusher. And now as we jump to this latest episode, we don't find out what's going on with Jack Crusher, but it seems like we're getting closer to finding out what's on what's going on with Jack Crusher. They've been really stretching this, really stretching this. And it was okay at first, like everything that has come before in this series, fine. You know, it's a mystery. They're going to pay it off later on. Great. But you can't end an episode like Dominion with, you know, oh, it's finally time to figure out what's going on with Jack Crusher, only to give us an entire episode where it ends once again with what's behind the door, what's really going on with Jack Crusher. So yeah, now I get it. Maybe the idea is that it's not for us to be revealed what's going on with him, but for, you know, his parents to find out that there is something going on with him, which is what happens. But we don't know what's going on with them. But again, there's enough to go off of speculative wise, which, yeah, just going to talk about in just a second. Look, the band's back together here in this latest episode. They've been building to this moment with all of the various characters scattered, you know, all across space. Obviously, Worf coming in and saving Riker and Deanna and, and you know, their their nice, sweet reunion, talking about their, their shared trauma with losing their son and how they processed it. And even kind of this, like, this ready to kind of find their life again after such a tragic loss. They don't want to live out in the woods. They miss the city. They want to kind of, you know, enjoy their, their final years as they kind of go off into discovering this kind of new life, a next generation of their marriage, you might even argue. So one way or the other, there's there's kind of a little hopefulness for these two as they're in prison. And, uh, you know, I mean, obviously as an audience, we're, we're, we're knowing they're going to get out of this, right? I mean, right? Everybody's probably going to get out of this alive, maybe. Worf does show up. He does save the day. I, again, you know, don't know the histories here, but it seems like Worf maybe had a little thing with Deanna back in the day because Riker's getting a little jealous. So was picking up on something there, but again, didn't watch the show. Don't know what that's about. But I do get the context of all of them sitting around the big table is the the reunion moment. I was kind of wondering what it was going to be. I didn't know if they were all going to be like standing because I feel like there's that one promo image of the Star Trek Next Generation crew that is typically the one that you think about where they're all kind of standing in a certain kind of way. I thought maybe that was going to think be the moment that they recreate that. But again, that's me as somebody who's more familiar with the marketing as opposed to familiar with the show. Them sitting around the table as if to have a, a general conference meeting as we've seen in other Star Trek shows makes a lot of sense. 
cards at the head of the table. It's Thanksgiving. They're reconnecting, but they also have a mission. In fact, it is a critical one because the changelings have totally taken over Star Trek. They, well, <laughs> Starfleet, I should say. They've totally taken over Starfleet and our team of heroes now has to go out and somehow save the day. Now, before Snidely Whiplash did get sent out into space, we did get a, a, a kind of a, the pullback of the curtain to figure out what makes her tick. Why has she been so aggressively against the solids and and why even after all of the peace treaties that came along between the dominion and with the federation and yada 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 what has sparked this level of hatred and not just that but what has sparked the evolution of the changelings that they can now kind of create these internal organs they're also more vulnerable for this reason but they can get past all these scanners and it's because of these horrific tests that were done on her and her people and you really see like, okay, yeah, no, I totally understand where you're coming from. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is, this is terrible, but it's that hurt people hurt people or the hurt changelings hurt solids type situation that we have going on with her. And it really explained, I think, why she is just as weirdly crazy and unhinged as she has been. She's this survivor of these torture methods, these scientific experiments. It's kind of hard to even know who she was before all of these things happened to her, but we can certainly see the origins of a pretty deranged supervillain and also, you know, furthering the darkness that is the Federation. Starfleet is not squeaky clean, you know, despite the fact that like, you know, Picard and all of his guys are like, yeah, Starfleet's great. Uh, I don't know. In the modern era, Starfleet seems like the bad guys or the Federation, but I mean, the same thing, right? I don't know. I would, it, the point is, it's all, it's not great. And so, you know, the Federation's chickens are coming home to roost and have been in the form of these changelings. Now, Seven of Nine and Captain Jerk Guy, uh, they've been kind of a little bit on the back burner as they've been trying to take over their ship. They go back up to, uh, you know, the, the bridge where they make their stand. There's this big standoff where Snidely Whiplash Space Lady is like, look, I'm going to kill every one of these people and I'm going to do it every 10 minutes until Jack Crusher comes up. Everybody's saying like, don't send Jack Crusher up. I'm like... Maybe Jack Crusher should go up, though. Like, it, that seems to be a good idea. We lose the bald Vulcan lady. She dies. And one thing that I thought was a little inconsistent is Captain Jerkface, dude. Like, early on, he was like, yeah, okay, we're going to give up Jack Crusher so that these people will start leaving us alone. Now he's like, we're not going to trade lives. This is the way it is. We're Starfleet. We're going to stand solid and strong and yada. You know, th that whole situation. So I'm kind of surprised that he's kind of gone back and forth on this, but maybe it's because of the connection with Picard and before, you know, Jack Crusher was just some renegade, maybe even like a, uh, you know, seen as a kind of a criminal to the Federation. I don't know. So there's, there's something, something a little inconsistent about him. But one thing he has been consistent on is keeping on calling seven uh, Annika, which I got to tell you, I kind of love that he's such a jerk about that. You know what I mean? Like you keep on expecting him to have this like change of heart and see her for who she is and call her seven. And you know, there's kind of this big moment of respect. And one imagines that's coming in like the final episode. But I kind of love the fact that this guy has never like become like good. You know what I mean? Like we, we, we never see like we, he has his like moments, his hero moments. And like, yeah, he's clearly on the side of the good guys, but he's still just consistently a jerk. And I think that's, that's a lost art. It's a lost art to have a character who's on the good guy's side that's consistently a jerk. And, you know, I, I tip my hat to, uh, to, to the writers here for keeping him such a jerk throughout. Now, Seven does stay back uh, onto the bridge. And this is where I want to kind of get into some of the theory crafting here, because 
you know, she mentions, you know, what's going on with Jack Crusher and she's teasing him and she's teasing the audience. She says it's fitting that Seven should be here for what's going on. That's a pretty big clue. She talks about hearing the voices and feeling connected. And you can see in her mind that there's almost like a longing for that sense of like the voices and the community and hearing and feeling connected with everything. We know that something's a little bit off about these new changelings. For one thing, she cuts off her hand and it becomes a whole thing for her to be able to communicate with somebody, right? Like there's, there's a weirdness there. That's not the way that it used to be. You also get the sense that because when they become solid and they're able to create all these interior internal organs, that perhaps they've changed so much that maybe the Great Link is no longer an option for them. They might not be able to return home and they might be looking for a way to reestablish a mental link, a new great link, a collective link, if you will. And thus, I'm wondering if, yes, they harvested some sort of, uh, you know, the, the disease that Picard had that, you know, potentially his son has, that's probably got something to do with it. But then there's the other factor as well, which is that maybe this biological, you know, mutation and the way in which it connects with, say, Borg nanodrones, it's possible that there's some Borginess going on, right? Like that somehow Jack is able to kind of establish his own his own kind of like mini Borg collective because of some of the technology that may be transferred over to him on a microscopic level. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Given the fact that there is kind of this connection with the way that the Borg are all connected in this you know, collective mindset and the way that the changelings are all connected in this kind of communal great link. What if that's what these changelings are truly after is trying to figure out a way to establish a new great link using Borg technology. They could become this like new next generation of both the Dominion and the Borg, which is a terrifying thought. So there you go. That's my thought on what's potentially going on. I don't know what the red door is, but I have a feeling it has something to do with that. But ultimately we will theoretically find out next week or they'll stretch it out again and we'll find out the next week or we'll stretch it out again and we'll never find out who knows but but yeah we'll, we'll probably find out next week oh yeah data's back for like the umpteenth time so that's probably great for you nerds so congratulations on that no, i'm kidding i'm kidding it's great he and jordy are having like some back and forth and that was always missing with the fact that data died before i get that it's all you know it's, it's nice it's nice you know he's back and he's more human now so you know he's probably more fun to play but all right, that's that. Hope you all enjoy it. Uh, let me know your thoughts on this particular episode. Love to hear them. Uh, head over to TV Talk FM on the Twitter. Let me know there. Also, be sure to let it uh, give us an iTunes review and all that kind of good stuff. That's going to do it for today. But don't worry. I'll be back in a flash. <laughs>